0: Hey, beautiful, you're back for part two of the stages of grief when it comes to betrayal trauma. I'm so glad you returned. We're gonna dive in. We've got a lot to do today. We've got a lot to talk about. But first, before we get there, I wanna tell you, I am looking for five beautiful women to help me with some market research, no strings attached. What I need to do is find five of you beautiful women who are willing to jump on a Zoom call with me and to just answer a few market research questions anonymously, your name won't be used. I do have a gift for you for your time and for your willingness to help out with this project. This is going to help us move forward in the episodes we're going to be doing upcoming down the road. And it's also to help me develop a really in-depth program for you ladies. So, if you would like to help me with the research, I have a link below and you can either schedule a discovery call with me there. We'll just use that time for our Zoom call. It'll take about 15 minutes out of your time. Or you can send me an email at info at LisaLimehouse.com. That's info at L-I-S-A-L-I-M-E-H O-U-S E dot com. All right, ladies. Get ready for some good stuff today. Hey, beautiful. It's Lisa, and this is Beauty Beyond Betrayal, the podcast designed for women who want to find hope and healing in the midst of betrayal, trauma, and loss. Each week, I help you navigate the murky waters of betrayal trauma by bringing you insight, wisdom, and ways to overcome the trauma and loss that you've experienced. I help you explore ways to heal, recover, and redesign your life the way you desire it to be. One that is lived passionately, out loud, on purpose, full of impact, joyful, and free the way God intended it to be. I also bring in all things Jesus because he's the one who ultimately brings us into our healing and freedom from betrayal trauma. So beautiful, grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, pull up a chair, and focus on yourself for the next few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life redesigned. All right, beautiful, are you ready to dive in? This is the two-parter we were talking about. This is our Friday edition where we're on our Flash Fridays. We come in and drop it like it's hot, give you all the info, and then really kind of give you some tacticals at the end to help you, uh, really so that you can put some of this into play during the weekend i do that on purpose um so we are going to get back into the stages of grief when it comes to betrayal trauma we gave you three last week we talked about that shock stage that we go through the denial and the obsession if you haven't heard that one yet the episode is listed down below in the show notes make sure to listen to that one okay now today we're going to start off with anger this is your fourth one when it comes to the stages of grief so you know anger is a natural response when it comes to perceived threats and betrayal trauma is a threat to our security when it comes to our life when it comes to our relationships you know our survival instinct has kicked in it's activated our body's flight or fight reaction And now we've got this huge boost of adrenaline that makes our senses on edge. It's sharper. Our blood pressure has started to rise. Our heart is beating, you know, astronomically fast. And we are more ready to take action at any given moment. And often anger inspires powerful sometimes aggressive feelings and actions to defend ourselves when we feel attacked and really beautiful it is an attack because our life and as we knew it has been attacked it's been attacked by a trauma that has happened due to the fact that our spouse has betrayed us at the deepest level. And you know, anger, believe it or not, it is a necessary stage that we go through in the grieving process. It is a part of that healing, okay? Let me repeat that one more time for those of you in the back. It is normal for you to feel anger in the grief process. We have a tendency to think, wait a minute, I'm angry. I'm not grieving. No, you're actually grieving. You're grieving the relationship. You're grieving the trust that you once had uh, with your spouse. You're grieving your future. You're grieving every aspect. And so I know as women, we're taught it's not very feminine to you, for you to act angry. We're taught that we're taught that we need to suppress those negative feelings of anger. We shouldn't have an anger outburst. It's not very becoming, right? But I will tell you that if we suppress, this anger, it will cause a deeper resentment. It will cause us not to be able to move ahead in our recovery process. And if we don't allow ourselves to really work through the anger, it can cause resentment and unforgiveness. And that is where we really get stuck. Now, You know, in the Bible, it tells us to be angry and sin not. Now, for me, I had to remember that and I had to realize that that meant, you know, I could be and have a righteous anger. I could feel angry about being betrayed. You know, I was angry that he gave his attention and his affection to another woman. I was angry that he had broken our vows. I was angry that my life as I knew it had been blown apart. But I didn't want to cross over into sinning, which meant, you know, reaching out in vengeance to the affair partner, seeking to ruin their reputations and, you know, just obliterate them on social media, right? This is vengeance and vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Listen, the consequences for the betrayer, they are great, And they will suffer consequences. They really will. So we have to recognize that God is for us and that God is the one that fights our battles for us and that we are not to cross over into vengeance. It's okay to be angry about what we've lost. It's okay because anger is pain. And, you know, anger is a secondary emotion that has shown up to protect us Uh, from what we've been through. That's okay. But we don't need to cross over into vengeance. You know, I'm going to quote Dr. David Kessler, where he says, quote, "...it is natural to feel deserted and abandoned, but we live in a society that fears anger. Anger is strength, and it can be an anchor giving temporary structure to the nothingness of loss." At first, grief feels like being lost at sea, no connection to anything, you're just drifting. Then you get angry at someone and suddenly you have a structure, your anger toward them, end quote. Now, I will say that the anger stage of the grief process also gives you and me as that traumatized partner the strength and energy to face the logistical challenges that present themselves in the process of our recovery so this could include the motivation to follow through with boundaries like we set those boundaries up and you know we might really have an, an a fear inside that says oh if i adhere to this you know it might have an adverse effect but anger A righteous anger, especially, can help us to adhere to that boundary. It can also help us when we need to make hard decisions, to give energy to what's needed, right? If we need to separate for a time, it would help to motivate us to get ourselves into counseling, right? This is a healthy thing when we can process it accordingly. So I also want you to remember to handle your anger with dignity and integrity. Don't cross over into vengeance. Okay. All right. So with that said, how do you recognize if you've gotten stuck or let me back up if you are even in this phase, right? Because you can be in any of these phases at any given moment. Well, how do you know if you're in the anger stage? Well, you might remember walking in on your partner, right? And you feel a tremendous rage. You're disgusted. You might feel shame. That's when you know you're in this phase. Or... Maybe you're yelling at your children more than usual. You're very short with family members. Um, you're more frustrated easily with your your coworkers, right? Uh, maybe you get frustrated even at yourself because there was this lack of awareness of what was going on. Uh, maybe you've become passive aggressive with your spouse, finding ways to make their life harder. <laughs> you you just you just really want to make everything. About their life, very difficult. Maybe you say things purposefully to hurt them, or your patience level has greatly decreased, and the smallest of things can set you off, right? Or you want to cause your spouse the same amount of pain that they caused you. Any of those shows that you're in the anger phase. So how do you not get stuck here? That's the important thing because you don't want to get stuck here because it can definitely take you down a miry pit. Some of the healthy ways to start to address and release this anger could be, number one, exercise. Start taking a daily walk. Maybe start signing, sign up and go to the gym. Maybe do some beach body at home, right? (laughs) Go for a run. Move your body, all right? Maybe it's time to turn your anger into something like painting. Take up a hobby, poetry, drawing, um, reading. Maybe it's finding someone safe to talk to, that safe person who's going to listen to you without throwing on judgment upon you. This could be a, a trusted friend, a good family member. Maybe it's someone you trust within your church, counselor, a therapist, a good coach, right? Maybe you need to write out all of your anger, your frustration, everything you despise and hate about the betrayal. Write it down in a journal. Now, I would say get a cheap one because at the end of this, you're going to burn it all right you're just gonna burn it get it out i call it brain dumping or emotional dumping um it it's just a part of getting it out of you and getting it on paper and then burning it getting rid of it okay maybe another one is you sign up for some classes Maybe your thing is you want to go take a dance class or um, you want to go do a boxing class (laughs) and hit a punching bag, right? Maybe that's what you need. Maybe it's developing some tools in your tool bag like somatic techniques. One of those that I can give to you is a bouncing method. This is where if you don't have a bouncer, you can actually get into your living room, turn on some upbeat music, and just start to bounce. What this does is it helps to compress the joints in your body, and it relieves the tension that the anger builds up. It helps to release some of the trauma. It helps to regulate your dysregulated nervous system. It helps to calm your emotions, and it calms your mind and it brings you back to a regulated state. Also, another one is deep breathing exercises. Focus in on that four by four breathing where you breathe in through your nose for a count of four and you breathe out of your mouth for a count of four, right? And and even you can do this while you are pressing your hand over your heart, kind of like a self hug. This is a great one, okay? Maybe it's that you go to uh, what's called a rage room where you go and they give you a sledgehammer and you can break things. Yes, those do add, they do exist. <laughs> or one that I just recently found that I absolutely love is axe throwing. And beautiful, you heard me right, axe throwing, where you go and you literally throw an axe at a target and you know there's a lot of games you can play in that but it's a great way to release some anger all right so the next one on our list in the stages of grief is bargaining now bargaining is when you know you've lost something great you've lost the relationship this is where you're going to have thoughts like please god i i I will never nag again if you'll just restore my marriage god i will never argue with him again if you will just have him leave the affair partner and come back to me, right? It's when we become lost in a maze where we are in the what ifs or the only if, if onlys, right? Those statements that we make. If only I would have, what if I do this, right? We want life returned to what it was. We want our loved one restored. We we want life to be restored and for this bad nightmare to go away and so we find ourselves bargaining we might even start to bargain with the pain we'll do anything not to feel the pain of the loss right so we seek to remain in the past we try to negotiate our way out of the hurt right um how in in other words We try to bargain with the heavy questions that may be thrown our way of how do I tell my kids? How do I move forward? So you start to bargain here, right? We bargain our way away um, from the personal integrity that we had. And we, we try to diminish things so that we can restore what we used to have. So how do we recognize if we're in this phase? Well, again, a good indication is if we use phrases like, if I just do this, then he'll do that. Or if I had just not nagged so much, maybe he wouldn't have had the affair. Or if I could just explain things to him in the right way, maybe he would want, he would understand where I'm coming from and he'll want to change. He'll want to leave the affair. He'll want to restore us and we can just move on. Or maybe you're saying, If I were pretty enough, if I were skinny enough, if I, you know, just didn't nag so much, blah, blah, blah. You get what I'm saying, right? We're bargaining. So how do we not get stuck here, beautiful? Well, first off, you have to know that this is a normal part of the healing journey. And getting stuck would mean that we would be continually sacrificing our sense of self for the hopes of getting something in return. And you don't want to do that. This is a recipe for distress, for self esteem issues, for depression and long term pain and anxiety. You wouldn't move forward in your recovery. You're sacrificing yourself for the bargain. And this is where we need to definitely create boundaries. And we need to create them and we need to implement them. And we also need to be paying attention to our triggers. What areas of your life are you getting triggered the most in, right? So if you're getting triggered here, you need to put a boundary up. And so when you learn to prioritize creating a safe place for yourself where you can thrive and heal, that's when you're gonna start progressing forward in your recovery. So definitely don't bargain yourself away. You are worth more than that, beautiful. Okay. Then there's the depression or mourning stage. Oh my goodness, when you lose a loved one and and it's tragic, um, you you get depressed and you mourn greatly. And after you st- you bargain, you bargain, you bargain. You want things to return to normal. You get depressed because you realize. The normal that I used to have, it's not normal anymore, and it's not coming back. This depressive stage feels like it's going to last an eternity. It feels like it's never going to end, and it's not a sign of mental illness. Now, hear me on this, okay? If, you are, if you've been diagnosed with clinical depression, I'm not talking about that here. I'm talking about the depression that comes from losing the relationship as it was. That's a normal part of grief and it's an appropriate response to a great loss and it is a great loss. It's where we we kind of isolate, we kind of withdraw for a while, right? We're in that fog of sadness that just feels like a dark cloak that has been placed over us. We feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. We feel like this darkness has veiled our sight and we just can't get past it. And you know, this is a stage we don't want to get stuck in. And in and of itself, like I said, it's not a sign of mental illness, but the depression can seem, and the symptoms in depression can seem like they're going to last a lifetime. So it's important for you to do the healing work from the trauma that the betrayal has brought to you, either with a counselor Therapist or a good trauma informed coach because you have to work through this beautiful and you need to heal from this. Okay. Now, it's been said that the morning stage can be the wild card in all of these stages and it can take place at any time. Like it can be right after the initial shock, or it can be right after the bargaining stage, or it can be right after the anger stage, but it's a dark cloud that just comes over you and it feels very heavy. It feels lonely, even though you might have many others journeying with you. It's just a lonely place to be. So the motivation to move forward takes every ounce of your energy, but you need to ensure yourself that you're going to use that energy to move yourself through this stage. You're going to feel things like hopelessness, discouragement, Um, you're going to be dismayed. Um, You might even feel shame at this point, right? Your situation feels beyond your capacity to bear. So how do you know if you're in this phase? Well, I've given you a lot so far, but let me also say that it might feel like you're lifeless. Feels like you're numb, like you don't feel anything. You're unmotivated. You might be fatigued beyond what you've ever dreamed or imagined. Completely exhausted. You don't find any joy in anything in life. Maybe it's very difficult for you to get out of bed and take care of your basic needs. Maybe you find yourself crying all the time for no reason at all. Or you feel hopeless or you don't know if you can handle this situation, right? So how do we not get stuck here? And hear me, this is important. Depression is usually a a part of the stages where we are the most eager to work through, right? Uh, Many of us struggle with having patience with ourselves during this time. We try to rush through the healing process, but listen, beautiful, you can't rush the process. You've got to trust God with the process. This stage can take the most time and that's okay, Allow yourself to feel these emotions and pain, but at the same time, use the somatic techniques, use talk therapy, use coaching, use the tactical tools that you've heard me talk about as well. Sign up for coaching at this point. You can sign up for a free coaching session with me and then we can decide if coaching is right for you to move forward with. But it's important to take the time to examine where you are, to process it through, to feel these things, to learn from them, and then grow from them. You know, our brain is going to want to shut down. It's going to want to um, survive during this time. It's going to want to self-protect. It's, you know, you might even want to do everything you can to avoid the pain. But like I told you before, and you'll hear me say it over and over again, in order to heal, you have to move through the pain to heal. You can't discard it. You can't just deny it. You can't jump over it. You've got to move through it. Okay, the last stage in the stages of grief for betrayal, trauma, or is this, acceptance. Do you get to that point? Yeah, you do. You really do. And many of us see this as this far away finish line, right, that we so desire to cross over. It's almost like that's the tangible proof of we've made it, we've healed, we've recovered, we've done all the work, and we've processed through the loss of the betrayal, and we're there. But beautiful, this can also be misleading. You see, acceptance can change the lens through which you see the other stages, but often acceptance can go and come, come and go, (laughs) and you can have it while you're still working through all the other stages. It can be, you can have acceptance while you're working through anger. You can have acceptance while you're working through depression, and it's often confused with the notion of, okay, everything's finally all right. I'm okay, but that's not the case. You know, acceptance, it's recognizing that this new reality is now your new reality. You know, the old life's gone, and you've now come to realize that you have this new life. It's never going to go back to the way it was. You've got a new reality. You realize at this point that you can't go back, and you're not wishing life would go back at this point because you realize that, you know, that would be a fantasy world. Okay? So you've come to the realization that living in the past you can't do. It's living in the here and now. You accept that the past is over forever. The marriage is gone, dead and gone. You've got to rebuild a new one if you're reconciling, right? You're having to rebuild and redesign a brand new life. And instead of focusing on restoring, you know, what was lost, you understand that you can never replace what was lost. You have to rebuild something brand new. You have to create a new future. And and it's led by brand new choices, choices to heal and move forward. And I want to, you know, really give you this quote again by Dr. Kessler. It's quote, we can make new connections, new meaningful relationships and new entered dependencies instead of denying our feelings we listen to our needs we move we change we grow we evolve we may start to reach out to others and become involved in their lives we may invest in our relationships and in our relationship with ourselves we begin to live again but we cannot do so until we have given grief it's time that's what he says about acceptance right you understand and accept the process to heal is going to be hard, But you move forward through it. You take back the power. You reclaim your life and you redesign it. So how do you recognize if you're in this phase? Well, you feel like you're actually beginning to understand more about betrayal trauma. You understand more about what you've been going through. You also understand more about maybe what your partner, the things they've done and why they did it, right? You have a better understanding on that side as well. It also may involve accepting that you no longer trust your partner, and beautiful, that's okay. You also might mean that you're terminating the relationship. You see, beautiful, not all relationships are salvageable, particularly if he chooses to stay in contact with the affair partner, or he chooses not to go into recovery, or he chooses not to go into couples counseling. All the boundaries are not being met, That might be something you might have to visit. Or it might mean that you're choosing to reconcile the relationship and to move forward in all those things, right? It means that you've chosen to move forward and to redesign a brand new life for yourself. That's how you recognize you're in this phase. And so this acceptance is about beginning to understand how your reality has shifted and coming to grips with how to live your life well in your new reality. Now, this is probably going to rock you a little bit, but how do you not get stuck here? (laughs) You're like, wait a minute, what? What do you mean not get stuck here? Well, with acceptance, with this stage, many of us want to get stuck here, right? The reality is, beautiful, there's not a finish line. There really isn't. You know, the stages of grief... You can go in and out of any of these stages at any given moment. There are twists and turns. There are, you know, uh, the bouncing around, the shifts that take place, and they can come at any moment. Um, And they can be in no particular order. Grief is a life of its own. And I know that's hard, but it's true. It needs a space, Uh, it has its own voice. And you will heal through this. You honestly will. And if you can honor grief when it shows up in your life and allow yourself to feel it in spite of how terrible it might feel, how exhausting it is, how painful it is, then your emotions will be allowed to process. And it's going to help you move through the grief and the loss more quickly. So this is what I would tell you. Be gentle with yourself. Give yourself grace. Don't rush through any of these processes. Don't skip any of the steps that you're feeling. Give yourself enough space and your emotions enough space to process, right? Betrayal trauma in and of itself is exhausting and it's difficult work. Realize you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be tired. You want to give up at any given moment, but be patient with yourself. Develop some realistic expectations and realize that even though it's going to be a long, hard road, stay on the path. Stay on it. Sit down and rest for a while when you need to on this journey. But in any given stop, which means any given stage of grief, don't unpack your bag. Don't stay there too long. Just stay there long enough to process and then pick up your bag and go. You know, Jesus tells us to pick up our mat and walk. He doesn't want us to stay stationary. He wants us healed, and he wants us whole. And so we can do that when he tells us, it's time to move on, daughter. Beautiful. Pick up your mat and move on. And when you do, you are going to redesign your life, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. Beautiful. Let me know if this helped you. I know that I had quite a few women asking for this and so I was excited to do this two part series, go through them again and and you know, save these two episodes part 1 and part 2 as a reference to come back to at any given moment as you are dealing with grief in the midst of betrayal trauma. I can't wait to see you Tuesday beautiful. Have a blessed one. Cheers for now. Hey, beautiful. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and if you enjoyed the show, something really hit you in one of the moments, or you were inspired to take the next step in your healing, reach out to me and by all means, leave a review. This is the highest compliment I can receive. And make sure to screenshot this episode, share us out on IG and Facebook stories. Tag me at Beauty Beyond Betrayal Podcast, and I'll give you a huge shout out as well. And if you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and redesign your life and relationships in the way you desire them to be, hit me up in the DM. I would love to hear from you and connect. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of all circumstances that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.